right, we pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord, we give you permission to do what you desire, as always. We pray that you would make our minds, hearts, and souls fertile soil, that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate the scriptures for us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. This is the beginning of the semester. We have folks kind of trickling in last week, this week. Uh, it's going to continue to happen, right? Lots of things going on in mind and hearts, particularly for students and for faculty or staff as well. Like, okay, this is the year that I'm going to do all the things that I've wanted to do, right? It's kind of like, like New Year's resolutions. Like, okay, this year I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to study like at least once a week, you know. Uh, I'm going to go like 25% of my classes, like at least, you know. So, you know I'm going to grow in my spiritual life, all these things. We have these, these great desires, and it is good, and it is beautiful. And then as, as we go, sometimes reality sets in, what, what is it, right? Now, one of the things that begins in school, or in class, a lot of times students right, ask questions to their teachers. Hey, what about this? Hey, what about this? So this was happening today in the gospel. Someone's following Jesus, and they ask him a question. And this question actually was a fairly common question at the time uh, for the Jewish people. So they asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? Will only a few be saved? And so, and then this question is coming from a Jewish perspective here. So the question was basically this. Like, are all the Jewish people, because we're all the covenant people, like, are we all going to be saved or not everybody? Is basically what it was. And so Jesus gives an answer. And, and his answer for us is a little, like, let's be honest, is a little uncomfortable. We'd rather him be like, yeah, everybody, woo, it's great. But he says to them, strive to enter through the narrow gate. And he just continues to move through there, right? Many will attempt to enter, but not be strong enough. And then he goes on and on uh, saying like, hey, there's some folks who think they're going to be in. And they're going to be knocking on the door like, hey, we were partners, you know, like I heard you preach. We had dinner together, and he's like, nope, sorry. And so Pastor's is like kind of hard. And then he goes to say, oh, yeah, you know, remember the prophecies about the Gentiles? Like a lot of them are going to come in. And so what's going on here? We could teach a whole class on this. So I'm going to be skimming the surface here. But one of the fundamental things that Jesus is trying to teach him at the time and then us here now, the first is like for the Jewish people, Hey, just because you're Jewish doesn't mean you're getting in. It's not about just like having a tag, like, oh, got my tag. So like today for us, right, it's like just because you're Catholic, just because you haven't killed anyone doesn't mean that we're getting in. It's a sober, it's a sober thing. For us to, to think about and to have, but and it's, again, it's not something like beginning of school, like sweet. If I'm going to pick a gospel passage, this is the one I want to talk about. Not really, to be honest. Um, but it is beautiful, actually, 
for us to set this before our eyes because if we look at it with the eyes of faith, it puts everything in our life in proper perspective. It puts everything in our life in proper perspective. What do I really desire? What am I really longing for? Hopefully, one of the things that we're desiring and longing for is eternal life. Too often, it's not something that we think about on a daily basis, but brothers and sisters, we should think about it on a daily basis. And as I'm desiring this eternal life and asking these questions, who am I seeking answers from? Who am I seeking answers from? And if the answer to that question is not Jesus and the church that he established, then we're going to be confused. So here we are, beginning of this semester, again, where, where do we move? How do we, how, like, what, what does it mean to, to gain eternal salvation? Again, I'm just skimming the surface here, right? So we're just skimming the surface. It begins with faith. None of us can save ourselves. It is impossible. There's not like a good enough grade on your conduct report card that's going to get you into heaven. Just not happening. Only the Lord can save us and has to begin with faith in him. Jesus, I, right, am a sinner. And I need your grace and mercy to experience forgiveness for my sins, the, the beginning of divine life here, and ultimately life with you in eternity. I can't do that on my own. Again, I need, and then I need to repent like, of the particular sins that I've committed and come to him. And most of you, I presume, are already baptized, right? Then we enter into the sacramental life of the church, beginning through baptism, center our lives around the Eucharist. Blessed be the name of the Lord, we have confession, and it's like unlimited times that we can go. I mean, that's great. It's a wonderful thing. I go all the time. I need it. I'm a sinner, you know? Praise the Lord for his mercy. And then to begin from there, so beginning with this faith, and I'm entering into the sacramental life of the church, and then what I, I need to perform works of charity when i say works of charity works of love like the lord the two basic commandments love god and love my neighbor now we can't again do enough good things to get us into heaven not gonna happen but saint james is very clear faith without works is dead it's not actually real because i believe in this particular god jesus christ who is the incarnate word of god and he actually tells me hey if you believe in me and if you say you love me, then you follow my commandments. And like, this is what they are. So it's like, if I believe in the Lord, then it's like, whoa, I got to believe in all the things that the way he's telling me to live. Some of them are super cool. Some of them are a little hard. Why are they hard? Because sin, right? We're just falling. But actually, when we begin to conform our lives with cooperating with grace, then we begin to realize like, whoa, this is actually why you're asking me to do this. Because it produces joy in my heart, and this is what I'm made for. But my sin has confused me to think that something that is not good for me is actually good for me. And so as we begin to live this life of a relationship with Jesus, it's like, like we, we start to come alive and begin to desire more. It's never going to be perfect on this side of heaven. What the Lord wants us to desire and to begin to choose those things. And so, again, a little bit more specific here. 
Where, where do we move from there? With well, the beginning of the church, right after Pentecost, what did they do? It said they devoted themselves to four things. Prayer. Again, which begins in faith. And I'm praying to this particular God. Then the breaking of the bread, what does that mean? The Eucharist, the sacramental life of the church. Then the teaching of the apostles, if I believe in this God and I'm worshiping this God, then I need to know more about him. He's going to tell me how to worship him. He's going to tell me how to live. And then the communal life, the life of their community and the life of the community surrounding them. And then he says, as they devoted themselves to these things, what happened? Day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. By praying, by living the sacramental life, by understanding the teachings of Christ and his church, and they begin to live them in the community, in the place that the Lord has planted me, people within the church and people outside of the church, then there's this movement of evangelization that people were coming, all the Gentiles, that he's saying, most of us, that's us. Like he's saying, hey, people are going to come from all the different places, even South Louisiana. It's awesome. Great. So as, as we're moving forward here, the, the question that the Lord is putting forth, or the answer to this question that the Lord is putting forth for us today is, in my mind, right, in my mind, do I think like just because I believe in God and I'm not killing anyone, that like, I'm going to be good. I'm going to get in. Jesus is like, hey, there is more. There is more. And he wants to give it to us. So if you're hearing right now, oh my gosh, I'm just so afraid and now I have to be perfect and I got to do all these things. Then you're hearing this from the enemy's perspective. He wants to sow anxiety and fear. That is not the Lord's perspective. The Lord's perspective is, hey, I know you're broken, I know you're busted, I know you're a sinner, and I know you struggle like these things. Look at me. Look at me. I love you. I died while you were a sinner for you. And I want to give you everything in my heart and the ability to live the way I'm asking you to live. I want to give it to you. I literally died for you. And so it's just this greater conviction that like this is the God that we believe in, the one who has died for us, and he's calling us to live this way. And we should direct our whole lives to him, our whole lives to him, and to be aware that sometimes we just got to wake ourselves up from this mediocrity and this slumber that we can slowly just move further and further away from him and put our souls in danger of eternal salvation. But if we're with him, man, everything is possible. Because what he does is, does is infinitely more important than us. But we have to cooperate. And then let's go get everybody else. Let's go. That they may know the gift of eternal salvation that the Lord wants to give all of us. All of us. So the sober reality, Lord, will only a few be saved? And he basically says, not everybody. Why? Because it's our choice. And he's like, okay, but like, I love you. I forgive you. You just got to say yes to me. Direct your life towards me. And then we're going we're gonna to work this thing out. And then go get everybody else. And let's do this together. But for us to have this kind of like, oh, it's all going to be okay. That's spiritually dangerous. Don't think about it only by looking at that reality. Like, oh, hell's possible. Oh, my gosh, that's so scary. Look at God. 
And perfect love, the heart of Jesus, cast out all fear. So the fundamental place to start is this, brothers and sisters, and all these things I've said, like faith, sacramental life, prayer, teaching, community life, is this. Let God love you in your sin. There's nothing more life-changing. There is nothing that grows virtue faster than this one thing. Let God love you in your sin. Because when you let him love you like that and you turn to him, then it sets us on fire to want to love him back. It sets our souls on fire to want to love him back. So at this Mass, let us receive the love of God and then give ourselves over to him that we might know eternal salvation, that we would bring others with us. You've been listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. If you would like to become a golden giver or learn more about what we do, please visit ctklsu.org.